You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It's super important to acknowledge that and then uh, allow truth to resonate in your innermost being, that we are more than conquerors, that he who raised Jesus from the dead, the very Holy Spirit that resurrected Christ's body lives inside of us. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we're kicking off a new series this morning, and we're joined by two special guests. First, we have Lead Pastor Jose Abaro with us. Jose, thanks for being here. Always good to be here. And we have someone who doesn't get a chance to be here very often, but it is very special when she is, Taylor Abaroa. Taylor, thanks for being here. Great name. Glad to have you. Great name. Always glad to be here. And you're very special. I'm biased. <laughs> very special. <laughs> Jose, we kicked off a new series. And so I'd love to kind of not only ask you, what were your thoughts of picking the series that you did, but even just the book and just kind of looking forward to what all you have to share. Yeah. So I shared some of this on Sunday morning, but I would love for all of us to really spend our summer through the gospel of Mark, walking with Jesus, seeing how he lived his years here on earth and allowing that to not only teach us how we should live, but also um, get strength from the gospel message that we see repeated throughout the gospel of Mark. Uh, really, Mark, uh, the theme of Mark is summarized best in Mark 10, 45, which says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So that being the theme, um, I'm excited to see um, how we talk about the different scenes in light of the gospel message. Perfect, perfect. The message title was Get Up, Pick It Up, and Go Home. And we're definitely going to unpack a little bit about through Mark 2, 1 through 12. But first, I'd like to talk about something that you introduced, or maybe you've shared it a few times before, but really kind of honed in on the OIA method, observation, interpretation, and application. So before getting into the passage itself, love to kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on kind of how maybe some tips and tricks on practically applying this. So first one here is observation, which is kind of just asking, what does this passage say? So this doesn't have to be just for Mark. This can be for anything, but asking questions like who, what, when, where, why, and then looking for maybe some key phrases, repeated words, asking yourself other questions. So kind of for both of y'all, been reading the Bible for a while now, how do you go about studying and just kind of seeking what does a passage mean when you start first reading it? Yeah, I really like to do it one uh, or two ways. First would be not ask any of these questions, but see what first comes out to me and and start curiously, allowing my curiosity to really lead me deeper into the Bible. But this very um, structured way is really good because then what happens is I get way off track and I get distracted and carried away. Imagine that both of you know me well. So I can't see that. (laughs) And, And so this really helps me get a good grasp. What is going on? Who is in charge or who is involved? Where is this happening? When did this occur? Why is this important before really moving into interpretation? So observation is really is setting up the stage and asking the question, what does the passage say? Yeah, and unlike Jose, I really do like structure. And so for me, having a method and different categories that I can break down, not only what the word says, but then my own thoughts about that um, is really helpful to me. So using that observation of setting the scene, what um, is each character doing? What is their part? How do they interact um, or you know, play off of each other is kind of that first thing that I look at. 
Yeah, I like what both of y'all shared. I know for me personally, I can kind of just jump right into the either interpretation or the application side and just be like, okay, what's here? So stopping and just being like, okay, let me set the scene. And I love even on Sunday mornings when Jose or you or others like set the scene for me and just inform me whether the backstory of Mark or just all that kind of stuff, just kind of, it gives me a whole nother perspective to a verse that otherwise I'm just reading that I've, I've read before. So very good stuff. Okay, so interpretation is more focused on what does the passage mean? And so this is maybe uh, looking at the context, looking at what why the author is bringing this up and what God is saying through the passage. So uh, Jose, you kind of touched on context, kind of had those circles on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the keys to understanding not only a context, but really just what the passage means in general? Yeah, so when I took my hermeneutics class in seminary, um, underneath, I mean, they made it, they made me repeat it so many times, context, context, context. If you want to interpret scripture, know the context. Now we can, uh, say, well, we'll never fully understand the cultural historical context because this is ancient times, different culture. But one of the most beautiful things about the word is that it's self-sustaining. You can read the word in, uh, study, scripture in its context, and it will give you the meaning. So it never contradicts itself. It's perfect. Uh, It's in perfect harmony. And so this is really the fun part, talking about context, what is around those verses. So what's the scene? And then what's the chapter really talking about? What's the book? So a lot of different books have different literary devices. So some are narratives, other are books of prophecy. There are some that's just law. So the, um, you know, Deuteronomy and Numbers and, and Leviticus, we don't really read those the same that we would read, say, the Gospel of Mark, which is more of a narrative. And so uh, knowing that context is really important when it comes to interpreting Scripture. Yeah, and Jose said the fun part for him is the interpretation, but for me, it's really the application. And so knowing what the scene looks like, observing that and interpreting the context and um, what culturally is going on and where God is speaking or who he's speaking through. And then really, what is that application piece? So how does it apply to my life? How does it apply to my family's (laughs) life? How does it apply to the people around me? Um, That's kind of where I naturally would lean and go. And so it's important for me to remember the first two steps and then get there, but then still apply it. Yeah, I laugh because she... Often when I talk to her about messages, she'll look at me and be like, yeah, that's a lot of good information, but where's the application? <laughs> so that's, that's definitely that's a very strong suit uh, for Taylor. I'm like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? And I think that that begs, uh, this is important to say that some verses you really can't apply. It's not a, sure. well, how can I live out? I'm trying to think of an example. I'm not going to get there, but some, some verses You can't necessarily live out in your life that day or that week, but it's important for you to know because that leads you towards the transformation and the work that God is doing in in your life. Yeah, that's really good. And a perfect segue to the third one here, which is the application, asking how do I respond? And I'd love to kind of camp out here when it comes to the passage that we talked about. So we talked today uh, Jose, you mentioned about Mark 2, 1 through 12, this idea of the man being lowered from the roof and not only Jesus healing, but forgiving of his sins. And so there's kind of three takeaways. Love to get practical. So let's dive in. We've got uh, the first one here is surround yourself with faithful friends. Both of y'all just knowing your stories, faithful friends have been a big part in your testimony and just your life, not only coming to know the Lord, but also staying firm. So I want to give just a little bit of time for y'all just to kind of speak to that as far as the importance of faithful friends. And then also, I think the practical question is how, who is a faithful friend? How do we know that? Because there have been friends that have hurt me 
friends that hurt people, sadly. So it's not like you get, you know, the best every single time. So how do you navigate both the hurt that comes from that as well as identifying friends? Yeah, Taylor, that's a big question. It is a lot. <laughs> that's tough. It is tough because relationships are real and we are humans and we each have really great strengths and gifts. And then we also have weaknesses and flaws and ways that intentionally or unintentionally we we do hurt and wound each other, unfortunately. And so um, I think kind of picking back up at the beginning of that question is how do you find a faithful friend? What does that look like? And so, you know, some good markers of that, in my opinion, are the fruits of the Spirit. And um, I think those are given to us for a reason. And so as I am navigating friendship, does that person represent those things? Are they faithful? Um, Are they, do they show patience and kindness? Can I trust things that are really valuable to me, to them? Um, And asking those types of questions. And um, I think that for some of us, we may be able to immediately pop a name, a face pops into our mind and we're like, yes, that person is a faithful friend. And I think for other people listening, it's like, I I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. I want that. I desire that. I don't know what that's like. And I think my encouragement there is to pray. And there have been seasons in my life where I have had faithful friends and there's been seasons in my life where I have not had faithful friends. And um, what has changed it for me is is praying for it and being specific. God likes and wants to know the specifics of our hearts. And so being really specific of what that could look like and asking God to provide that um, and practicing that in your relationships with other people. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mentioned how John Mark and Paul got in a rift. You know, they were friends, they were travel buddies, they were on mission together. And then um, we we don't know the whole story, but we um, can interpret from what Paul spoke later on in 2 Timothy that they did reconcile. And so I, I think with friendship, especially when things, you know, ha, uh, get difficult, God always wants reconciliation. But ultimately what he wants is he, want, uh, he wants us to be healed. He wants us to be well. <clears throat> so that includes forgiveness. That includes uh, uh, moving on from, you know, a painful relationship and not withdrawing, but actually continuing. Like Taylor said, I love how you said that. Just pray and ask God to heal that in you um, so that you can make room for faithful friends. I I know for me, I'm super grateful uh, for the friends that I have met through this church. And they have been friends that have been for me. And the way that I know that they are for me is that they're willing to call me out when I need to be called out. And they're always pointing me towards Jesus. And so uh, that's the type of friend that I want to be for others, the friends that want the best for them and friends that, that uh, or, or put my friends right in front of Jesus and say, look, this may be a really hard thing, but this I do believe is best um, for you. And so we don't know the background of these men and, and how they met the paralyzed man, um, but uh, it's really cool how Jesus looks at their faithfulness. He sees the friend's faithfulness mm-hmm. and says, I see your faith. And because of that, um, he goes on and, and, and heals this man. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not only were those friends faithful to Jesus as far as trusted him, but then also to their friend as far as that's quite a process to take him up on the roof in through the roof. the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And this could be a whole, this question I know is another loaded question, but how do we be a faithful friend to other people? Jose, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I know that can be <laughs> a message or a series in of itself, but a whole podcast. Oh, a whole podcast I got one thing, and that is be present. Um, be present physically. So, uh, in when you know, in a day that social media reigns and we connect through text message, all that stuff is great. It's good to well, it's not great, but it's good to stay connected. Um, it's not great when it takes place of. Uh, a bond that God has called us to live with other people. So community groups is a great place to meet friends. We just had discovery this Sunday when someone said that she realized that community group was actually a place where she can make friends. And she talked about uh, staying connected through text message throughout the week and and that relationship continued. Um, And so I think being present um, and in committing, it, it really is important. You get to a point where you have to commit. Uh, I'll enter this one thing and then I'll <laughs> move on. But one of my good friends that I've had for a while, he doesn't live here. He lives out of state. Um, he told me this, that the more that we get to know one another, the more we get to know our sin, the more that we were going to get to know each other's sin. And that's a crux on the road because sin annoys us. <laughs> you know, we get, it's like marriage. You, you get married and I'm sitting here in front of my wife and she didn't know things about me until we literally were roommates. And then she's like, wow, that's kind of annoying. I won't, you know, go into any details. Please don't share any details. Like laundry, on the, laundry on the floor. Laundry on the floor, shoes. How much time do we have? Yeah, okay. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Gotta go. But, but it's the little things that sometimes get to us and it's the same thing with friendship. The yeah. more that we get to know one mm-hmm. another, um, you know, little things kind of uh, get in the way. And so let's just be good about putting those in their place and not uh, keeping those from from being for one another and then leading uh, one another towards Jesus. Yeah, I love the where you started with that and being present. And I think that is really important. And I also think that posturing yourself um, at looking at the other person's strengths and putting them first really does matter in any relationship and what their best interest is. And um, instead of how easy it is to put our best interests in the hands of other people, but looking out for the best of the other individual. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good stuff. Okay, so second point here is identify what's keeping me on the mat. And Jose, you referenced uh, Romans 8, 35, but you also talked about, there's a lot of questions I could have with this, but I think the one I want to talk about is the victim mentality that you kind of addressed from the stage and just how easy it is to go down that road as far as just the self-pity and just kind of staying on the mat and not getting up. And so what are some ways, I'd love to hear from both of y'all, just what are some maybe ways, even just encouragement to someone that's been on the mat for a long time. And so it's comfortable and they don't want to move, but uh, but yeah, how would how would you encourage them oh, to, so, to to identify and so hard now that you put it that personally, you know, I think about things that I could have said on the stage honestly, but really, uh, I think acknowledging the pain uh, is important, and acknowledging that life is not fair, and acknowledging that there was real uh, stuff that that occurred. I, I should have said that really because it's super important to acknowledge that, and then. Uh, allow truth to resonate in your innermost being, that we are more than conquerors, that he who raised Jesus from the dead, the very Holy Spirit that resurrected 
Christ's body lives inside of us. It can help us get up. It's actually the same word, get up, is the same word that is used when Jesus is resurrected. So uh, that is what uh, God is up to in us. He wants us to make us, he wants to make us come alive through uh, the Holy Spirit, but we have to be willing. We have to be willing. Yeah, we definitely have to be willing. And I think the acknowledgement and acceptance of what has got us, what has put us on the mat in the first place is really important. And I think that um, it also can look like being courageous and taking a really, what could feel really uncomfortable step off of the mat or step in a different direction um, that could possibly change the trajectory of your life. And um, I think that finding those faithful friends or finding someone that you can reach out to, whether that is a pastor, community group leader, prayer ministry team member, um, or counseling or whatever avenue that needs to look like for you, of just taking the next step mm-hmm. um, in finding wholeness and wellness with Christ. Yeah, that's so good. I was actually just about to bring up that list as far as just thinking about my own head, like the pastoral team. I'm thinking of y'all, Bob, Ron. I mean, there's just so many people that uh, that they can just email just from the website and just start a conversation and, and kind of take that next step. Yeah, but totally. being willing is, yeah, so important and difficult. I can say that from personal experience. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, lastly here, get up, pick up my mat and go home. Jose, you touched on that a little bit, this idea of get up, but just would love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on why this is so important and how we can't just have the first two, but that we really have to uh, hone in on this, on this third one. I think that's tied to what I uh, just referenced that you know we have to be willing and the, the man was healed, uh, but he never would have known he was healed unless he got up. And so he got up and then saw, wow, I really am healed. Jesus is the healer, the miracle worker. Um, and also, you know, for, with, with our sins, we can get plummeted uh, or, or we can plummet into sin and, and a lifestyle of sin. But waking up and seeing that Jesus paid the price for all of it, there's nothing that we can do to earn it. I mean, that is life-changing truth when it really hits us, that he paid for our sin in full. And that allows us, uh, you know, the ability to get up. Yeah, and I love that the narrative doesn't stop with the man being healed because then he tells the man, go home. And it's tempting, I know, in my own life and walking alongside others to kind of forget that you're healed and you go back and you lay on the mat or you get stuck in traps. And yes, there's going to be hangups and things that trigger us and cause us to stumble um, and block us. But the truth is, is that when we're under Christ, we do have eternal hope Mm -hmm. and we have the ability to grow in our transformation with Jesus here on earth. And so Mm -hmm. um, taking, getting up, taking that, picking up that mat and then going home with the story and the testimony of how God has worked in your life. Really good stuff. I'm excited for the series and for the summer and just getting a chance to hit uh, just throughout the the summer, just each of these stories. I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts kind of as we close up on what is maybe some advice. Uh, Jose, you mentioned encouraging everyone to read two chapters a week. Yeah. So as we as a church family are reading together and just some maybe for the first time getting kind of wanting to get better about reading on a daily or weekly basis, but for some that have been reading for a long time, what what kind of posture, what, what, what kind of do you hope that we can 
um, just uh, have in us uh, to really begin to hit this for this summer? That's a really good question. I think uh, we are probably coming from a lot of different places. Some of us have been walking with Jesus for a long, long time. And so if that's you, then I hope that you read it maybe as if it was your first time and read it with a new lens, uh, allow things that have never uh, that you've never focused on to pop out and, and speak life to you. And then if you are intimidated to read the Bible, I hope that you see that Jesus is incredibly personable, that scripture is tied together, is telling one story. And here he is literally in the flesh, Jesus of Nazareth, uh, showing us why he is uh, the Messiah, why he is the ultimate healer and how he came to rescue us from our sin. So um, I hope that you fall somewhere in that uh, uh, spectrum and enjoy reading God's word and allow it to live through you this summer. And I think it's a great way for us to have accountability as the body of Christ, as we are each personally diving into two chapters of week a week, and it helps us stay connected with each other and in tune um, with what God is doing where we're at. And one last thing, it'd be awesome to have conversations in the cafe and around town and uh, via text message about, hey, I read this. What do you think? And, and then allow the word to not only cultivate conversation, but also, hey, I read this word and it made me think of you for this. And so it has a beautiful way uh, to bond us to one towards one another. And so I'm excited uh, to see what happens as we focus on a scene every Sunday and read these words on the All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.